welcome to Phoenix Vision. I'm Jess Farmer and this week the tables were turned because I was being interviewed by my good friend Stella Foti of Wellbeing at Home which is a phenomenal platform whereby she interviews lots of different people and practitioners all regarding health and well-being in an effort to help its listeners and viewers empower themselves and improve their health. So we got all into transforming pain into empowerment and got really got into the nitty-gritty of a lot of the different causations of pain. We got into how the organ health can affect the muscles and then create pain. And we got into a lot of different things that you can do to help yourself get out of pain. So really grateful to Stella for this interview. Thank you so much. It was a great opportunity and I hope your listeners enjoyed it and I hope the listeners of this podcast, you guys enjoy it as well. Thank you. Well, uh, welcome everybody who's here so far. We always get our latecomers, but um, lovely to see you all and uh, on the Saturday evening. And I say it every week, but I'll say it again, uh, heartwarming to see your familiar names and faces. It's really nice to see you. Um, always enjoy, enjoy that. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, these events are all about empowerment. And uh, what we try and do is give you as much information as you can so you can kind of stay happy and healthy or become happy and healthier and really take control of your own health. So um, we, I hope you enjoy this first event with Jess. And if you uh, are new, we publish all of our past complimentary events on our website, Wellbeing at Home website. So you can just register and go on that. But we also have um, a lot of them on YouTube. So you can follow us on YouTube too on uh, Wellbeing Escapes uh, YouTube. So um Before we start today, I just want to do a little shout out to my brilliant team, because uh, this is the fourth year that we've won um, an Excellence Service Award from FIFO, which is an independent review company. And um, uh, and it is for outstanding service. So I really want to just give them a little shout out. They're not here, but um, I'll make them watch the recording <laughs> so they can see. But uh, I'm very proud that we got that we got the uh, the award again. And uh, it's because of them, really, because they really, really care about um, all of our clients. And um, just if, if you have traveled with us and you've taken the time to write a review, then I want to thank you for that because a lot of people forget. I know how it gets when you come back and everything's busy, so people forget to do that. But um, it's because of uh, those who did take time to write a review that we that we won the award. And on that note, um, if I can ask you, please, because our experts do give up their time um, to write a little review about them on the Wellbeing at Home website, on the event page, uh, or on YouTube, a little like and maybe a comment. That would be brilliant because uh, it, it's twofold. It helps give us, us give appreciation to our, our guests, but also uh, spread the word with regards to these events, these Wellbeing events. So now we've done all the housekeeping stuff, um, as usual, Please feel free to write comments or um, questions in chat, and I'll try and address them as we go along with Jess. But I would like to introduce you now to Jess Farmer, who's a pain transformation specialist. Jess, nice to have you here. Thank you for being with us. Welcome. Thank you so much for the invitation, Stella. I really appreciate it. And yeah, look forward to sharing with you and sharing with the guys on the call. So. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Well, before we start talking about pain and exactly what it is that you do, because I, you know, like that pain transformation specialist, it's a great title. Um, but before we get into that, I just would like you to show a little bit about your background, what you brought you into this work. We do that with uh, most of our guests. And um, uh, yes, tell us your very interesting story, Jess. Yeah, sure thing. Sure thing. Thank you for the invitation. Um, yeah, so it started uh, around 10 years ago, actually, and actually started off with uh, I, I went into a crisis because I was having a very, very difficult time with my mental health at the time. Um, and I had to take three months off work with anxiety and depression. And I was in a 
extremely difficult place. Um, during that time, the the only kind of real good I could do for myself was going go to the gym and physically exercising my body. And this is kind of like the only time during my day where I could actually get a glimpse and kind of get my head above water a little bit and before kind of my mind would take me back down. So I really got involved with the gym and uh, started doing a lot of a lot of training. And then my trainer at the time, he was wearing a T-shirt. Uh, with Gambian baby fund on it and I was like oh what's that and he told me about it, it was a, a cause in in the Gambia um, helping the maternal sector uh, by delivering medical equipment to the Gambia so I thought oh, that's amazing I, I, I want to get involved with that and I ended up training to run my first half marathon and raised uh, like 250 pounds which felt really great and then I went on to then think, oh, what's, like, what's next? So I did a Tough Mudder, raised some more money, uh, which, again, felt great. And then I was like, okay, what next? And I looked at the Ironman competition, which is a big triathlon in Switzerland, uh, all over the place, really. Um, and that's a two-and-a-half-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, and then a marathon. And uh, I got my head into that and really started training for that, raising more money. And, and, and the more I was doing, the more I was able to be building myself up and pulling myself out of that place of being in, you know, real difficulty with my mental health. And that Ironman was one of the most significant days of my life, actually, because it was synonymous with my recovery and because everything was, was building up to that. And yeah, so did that still remains like the best day of my life. And then it was like, what next? <laughs> so I then cycled from um, um, San Francisco down 3,000 miles through Mexico, raising more money, then came back, put on a charity event. We raised 10 grand, 10 grand in the night uh, for a charity event that I, I basically organized. And uh, then we went to Gambia, took lots of medical supplies to Gambia. I then started a Gambian charity, um, then started uh, a gym called Jimbia. Uh, in which uh, I was ra raising money for um, uh, the, the charity again. So I actually used to be a mechanical engineer by trade. So I spent 10 years or so as a mechanical engineer. And when I was traveling during this time, I, I, I figured like, I, I don't want to work for anyone that's not me anymore. I, I want to be more independent and, and go out on my own. And I was by that time, very, very much versed in the physicality of the body and loving my training. And um, and I trained a few people at hostels and they're like, oh, you're really good at this. So and one person suggested that I do it. And I was like, oh, should I be a personal trainer? It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe I should. And the decision was very quick. It was like that. I came back and started studying and I was extremely lucky, like extremely lucky. Like after I finished my PT course, I went back for a kettlebell course, like a one-day CPD, and I learned more from this from the kettlebell instructor in this one day than I did on the entire personal training course. I was like, "Oh my god, your knowledge is like amazing! Where, where did you study?" And uh, he kind of gave me this knowing smile and goes, "Like, ah, you look like you could use a little bit more." And that's when he introduced me to the Czech Institute. So the Czech Institute, Czech stands for Corrective Holistic Exercise Kinesiology. And this is basically the, the, the study of the human being from multiple different levels, appreciating that we're not just physical, we're physical, mental, emotional and spiritual beings. And all of these different levels can feed into the reason why someone's experiencing pain. So I was so lucky to get into this education pretty much straight after leaving PT school because Within a very short space of time, I was able to have the skills to be working with um, back pain people through movement. And then as I advanced through the um, through the system, I would then be working with more and more complex cases. So rehabilitating people with um, blown discs, um, crippling sciatica, all realm of different problems um, within the body, back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, you name it but also spanning into the problems within the organs uh, related by how we're living our lifestyle. So, you know, delving into nutrition and uh, understanding the healing capacity of getting your foods in a good place. And, um, and then one step further, understanding the mental emotional connection between why people experience pain, because so much chronic pain um, originates with how we're thinking and feeling. 
because the body and mind are inseparable. They're a two-way street. So the body in many ways is an imprint of what's happening within the mind. So, you know, I think a lot of people have had the experience of maybe like a stressful day at work and they get to the end of the day and their neck is like really tense, maybe even having some pain there. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the deep desire to want to unwind. And so this is like a very um, easy to illustrate way in which um the the mind and emotions can create tension and therefore pain in the body because you know if that goes on for years this can be the reason why someone's got chronic neck pain um, wow wow you've given us a lot there <laughs> um i i mean from mechanical engineer which is um it takes quite a lot of studying and achievement to become a, a mechanical engineer to uh, um, top athlete, to a personal trainer, to a pain specialist. But it seems, it's funny that you say, oh, I was so lucky on the second day of my, oh, I went on my kettlebell training course and I met this guy. I think, I think personally it's all meant to be, isn't it? You obviously meant to, um, to, to meet this guy and do that. And and it's interesting. Did you when you were doing all your like um your sports, did you injure yourself out of interest? I don't know the answer to this question. Did you did you have any physical pain yourself from from all this extreme sport that you were doing? Yeah, actually that's what uh part of the reason I had to stop my bike tour through Mexico actually, because um I had a right hip problem which I didn't realize what it was at the time. I mean, the, the first clue was after doing the Ironman, my entire body for a week afterwards was just, <laughs> the ache was unholy. <laughs> but everywhere I ached in my body except my right uh, hip, my right glute. And I was like, that's a bit weird. I didn't think too much of it at the time. And through the thousands of miles on the bike, and uh, I also was an ultramarathon runner as well, this exacerbated the imbalances within my hip. And got to a place whereby I remember I got to Guatemala and I was like, ah, I can't carry on much more because something weird is happening in my hips. My knees started to play up on the right side because the hip supports the knee. And um, yeah, th this very much spurned on a lot of action and a lot of education. And you know what? It, it took me quite a while to get that hip to a healed place, uh, but it taught me so much it, it just continued to teach me more and more and more over over the time it took me to heal it um and yeah that very much led me into uh, self-education around the the human body because i i didn't have something that was like you know go to the gym squat and you know everything's going to work out my constitution and the balance of my muscles that wasn't going to happen so I had to do my self-education. I had to learn about movement. I had to learn about all of these different principles around the body um, to ultimately heal it. And, um, you know, for, for, for me, a big component of that was actually mental emotional as well. So that's interesting. We'll get into that. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's, that's very interesting. So tell us what do you do, Jess? Because the, ter the term pain transformation specialist, like, how if if I had chronic pain um, in wherever a part of my body, and I came to you, what kind of process would you take us through and take me through? Yeah, sure. Thanks for the question. So, um, the first thing that we would discuss and talk about is what is your dream? What what is the thing that you're looking towards achieving for yourself? what is that thing that's going to inspire you to to do what you need to do to in order to to get out of pain because um getting out of pain i mean sometimes it can be a case of you know you you get the right kind of treatment and the the pain heals and and that's that's great sometimes that happens you know i work with people with manual therapy but sometimes or even a lot of the time it's not quite as straightforward as that because you know pain isn't due to one thing usually there's often a, a multitude of different factors that come together to influence why someone's experiencing pain so you know it could be a combination of um not moving as much as one could or should um their sleep might not be in the best place they may need to work on their nutrition um 
you know the breathing technique uh may may need to be worked upon so it's it's establishing the dream and um like the reason for change and then from there we would delve into quite a detailed and thorough assessment because pain can be complex and the reasons for it to manifest within the body can be quite deep and um there's so many factors that can influence it so the assessment process is twofold so um there's a biomechanical assessment which is uh, i would basically go through a person with physical pain measure all of the different muscles around the, the the body see what i can see with my eyes um do a lot of investigatory work into different areas such as the jaw the eyes the top of the neck um and really get like build a 3d model of what's happening within someone's body by measuring everything then another part of the assessment will be to send through a symptomology q a which will then give me a very very focused idea of what's happening within the organs of the person so i'll be able to see if there's stress on the heart i'll be able to see if there's how stress. are you doing that just i'll just stop you there that's really interesting how can you see if there's stress on there's stress on the organs yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So um, first off, it's talking talking with the person, seeing what symptoms are, are presenting for them, uh, which usually gives me quite a good idea of what's happening off the bat. Um, but then there, there's an extremely detailed Q&A from the Czech Institute that based off of someone's very specific symptoms, all of these then point me towards what's happening within the organs. So there's a very specific set of symptoms that will manifest for someone whose liver is under a lot of stress. That's interesting so you have yeah and this comes from the the czech institute so this is what you've been trained on trained in through the czech method right yes it's, it's very much a holistic health um, practice it's so different to what we're used to kind of on the nhs so if we have a an issue i think most people would automatically mm, take anti-inflammatories or painkillers or they would be looking at physiotherapy, right, as um, like a, a more orthodox type of approach to pain. But you're looking at it as a, on a 360 level, I guess, with the Czech method. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, especially how the organs can be directly responsible for someone experiencing pain. So there's something called a viscerosomatic reflex, which is, is really interesting. When I first learned about this, I was like, wow, um, this is awesome stuff. And Viscerosomatic reflexes when the organs are reflexing and sending pain into muscles. So every, a lot of people have heard that if someone's having a heart attack, this will send a shooting pain down the left hand, down the left arm. Mm-hmm. But also similarly, other organs share relationships with other muscles. So for example, the, the stomach reflexes with the left shoulder, the liver and pancreas reflexes with the right shoulder. The uh, intestines um, tend to reflex with the the middle of the abdomen. So someone's back pain may be related to the bloating that they're experiencing. Lower colon uh, is like the the abdominals. And also as well, especially with the digestive system, if the digestive system is inflamed often through, um, you know, having inflammatory foods or foods intolerances, things that don't agree with us, they can shut off the core musculature the core musculature stabilizes the hip, which stabilizes the knee and the ankle. So someone's uh, knee pain can be directly related to their digestive symptoms. And in fact, I had a client, um, she was a 47-year-old lady uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, she was experiencing some knee pain. And um, she didn't come specifically for knee pain. She came for um, more coaching-orientated work. But uh started working with her health only got her on to eat or flip her diet to organic food and drinking more water of a clean source she lost four kilos in two and a half weeks her skin completely cleared up and her knee pain disappeared so uh it, it was like night and day I, I was like well that's very strong reaction to, to that but 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 if we focus on the knee pain what happened is through changing her diet reducing gluten as well was one of the things flipping to organic inflammation went down now the core muscles can work correctly and they were able to protect the knee well let me just stop you there i'm going to pull pull out the i mean wow first (laughs) but secondly 
So by changing the diet to uh, more clean food, as you say, more organic, uh, how do you know that that is the thing that helps the knee? I'm being a little bit of a skeptic here because I'm just uh, trying to answer. Because how how do you know if it's like kind of physical uh, biodynamic? Did you say earlier what, what was the term you used? Well, biomechanical. Biomechanical. Sorry, biomechanical. How how can you tell and differentiate between biomechanical and um, organ related? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for the question. Well, um, really, they're the same thing. They're, they're because they're, they're they're not separate nothing exists in isolation so it's understanding the relationship of the organs with the muscles first oh. off. but it, it's a combination of putting together the biomechanical assessment with what i'm seeing with the symptomology because I'm, I'm literally able to see what's happening within the organ systems it's on a traffic light system so green is in a good state of health yellow is okay there's something happening red is uh, this is on the Q&As, okay, the, that organ's under a lot of stress. So sometimes I see someone with multiple organ systems in the red, and this kind of person is usually experiencing burnout, pain, lethargy, um, low energy, they're not feeling good within themselves, um, they've got all, all manner of symptoms. Um, so like the aim of the game is to do what we need to do to harmonize the organ health through working on hydration, nutrition, sleep, movement, thinking, and breathing. And then this helps to bring those scores back down. But just to come back to your question, I'm taking the biomechanical assessment, the, all of what the muscles are doing, combining that with the Q&A, which tells me what the organs are doing, combining that with what I'm seeing when I uh, interview the person, and combining that with like an observation of the abdomen. I mean, a lot of the time, you know, it's, it can be quite easy to spot whether an abdomen's inflamed or not. You, you can kind of see it like it's, it's like bloating. Also as well, I know um, women um, tend to get the kind of, uh, it's been dubbed like the, the pooch belly. Um, and this is where the lower abdominals kind of come out. And no, no amount of crunches or sit-ups will actually change it at all because it's not, an, it's not a muscular problem. It's usually an organ challenge. So then it's it's doing what you can to lower the inflammation within the system by looking at what foods the person's eating. And, yeah, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, taking anti-inflammatories to, to stop the pain. Well, the thing is, is that it's very um, common for someone, say, if they're having a lot of gluten, gl gluten will actively inflame the entire system. And over time, what will happen is it will dilapidate the gut wall and bits of food particles will pass through the gut wall. The immune system will be triggered because it sees these little food particles that, that shouldn't be in the bloodstream because they've escaped through a dilapidated gut wall. They see it as a threat. So immune response causes mass inflammation in the system. The immune system then attacks that little bit of food, swells it to like uh, like hundreds of times the size, now you have slightly bigger particles in the bloodstream. These then make their way into the joints and cause um, osteoarthritis, arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. So, you know, and I had this last year with um, um, a lady, she was 70 years old and um, really bad arthritis in her toes and hands because these are the smaller joints. These ones get blocked first. And um, we got her off of gluten, reduced the sugars, and her arthritis uh, reduced massively within a period of six weeks. She was still feeling it in her thumbs, but compared to all of her hands and all of her feet, it was a big um, change. So, so yeah, I mean, someone's pain can be directly influenced and caused by the gut. And then, you know, if you're taking anti-inflammatories, you're actually potentially shutting down a very important process in the body because the body's very intelligent. It's highly, it knows what it's doing. And if it's inflamed, it's inflamed for a reason. And this is often to protect it in some way. What if you're like, I mean, what if you're in debilitating pain, you know, because I, I mentioned that in one of the newsletters I sent out, I think people who I've had family members who've been in like horrific pain 
and they felt nobody understood that pain they were they were in you know and um at that point would you ever advocate painkillers or would you always say keep away from that and at the same time as working on a holistic you know holistically from a um that perspective yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a great question. And what I would say to that is that we, we don't want to be dogmatic. So even uh, holistic therapies, you know, you can get into a dogma with that and think that, oh, all drugs, no, stay away from all of the drugs. They're all bad. And it's like, no, it's like if there's a s- specific tool for a specific purpose. So, you know, I say to people, if you are in really debilitating pain, then, yeah, you know, painkiller is going to be fine for like an acute time. The challenge arises with painkillers when people are taking them uh, consistently and and for a long period of time. So, you know, spending a couple of weeks on painkillers uh, is much preferable than a couple of years. A couple of years, you know, what's happening there is that you, you're not necessarily getting to the root cause of the pain. And, and, you know, if the pain is dampened for that long, then you're just numbing it rather than addressing the the root causation of it. And there, there always is a, a root causation and there are always improvements that you can make. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not against taking painkillers. I'm not against um, antibiotics, you know, it's, 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 if, the, yeah. if there's a specific purpose that you need to take them, then, you know, it's like, don't necessarily shut yourself off from them. However, be aware and be very conscious so you know in in terms of antibiotics if if you're choosing to take antibiotics to help a condition which may be the best route for you you always need to be thinking right what do i now need to do to restore my gut health after that because what you what you what i see a lot of is people go on a course of antibiotics um it may work for the condition but then the there's implications further down the road because anti-bio, they're experts at killing germs, which is which is great. They 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 get the 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 germs and the pathogens that that we want them to get, but they also get a lot of other things in the process. So, you know, we've got a highly delicate microbiome. Uh, I got a crazy fact for you, actually. This blew my mind when I heard it. When you step on the scales, two kilograms of that weight that you see on the scales are microbes from your gut no yeah yeah two kilograms okay well i can cut that off next time i'm on the scale yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it won't yeah. make you feel better no how yeah. interesting yeah. wow we've got yeah look we're made up of a lot of microbiome i didn't realize it was two kilos worth but that's um that that is significant yeah and it is a significant part of keeping us healthy of course um so let me ask you this so a lot of people have um lifestyle pain like you know for example i i'll I'll give you my um my issues i i've been desk bound for many years spent lots of time at the desk you know i have this kind of very typical issue and of course i have neck pain um i found ways to deal with it now but it used to be really really bad for me um is that's not organ related, right? Mm. Yeah, or is no. it, um, that's just posture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it can be. I mean, the the thing is, is is that okay? If, if you've if you've got shoulder pain, uh, it might be the stomach or the liver, and it might just be a case of the biomechanical balance of the shoulders. Okay. It, okay. This is where you know conducting like a proper assessment is is proper key. Assessment. Because, okay. You know, if you think it's a biomechanical shoulder problem and it turns out to be a liver problem, you can do all of the stretching and strengthening and all of the good things for it, which will be helpful, but you may not address the root cause of it. So in that case, you're not necessarily going to get to the, the bottom of it. But but if we are talking more specifically about um, the pain caused by desktop sitting, because this is this is something that we're all in, you know, I've, I've got to be very conscious of myself, uh, of it myself. You know, I work at a desk, so I need to do certain things to, to keep myself in, in a good space within my shoulders. So, um, the first thing that I'd be really looking at is actually breathing technique. Reason for this is that we breathe around 25,000 times a day. A lot of people 
are breathing very much up in into the chest here. So what happens is we get 25,000 times a day of the shoulders raising up and down. Times that by a year, two years, five years, 10 years. And this starts to happen just through the breathing technique because <laughs> you're inducing um, micro tensions into the shoulders every time you're breathing into the shoulders. So it's then doing what you can to breathe into the abdomen, into the belly. Interestingly, this will also have a massive uh, effect on how we're experiencing stress. And when we're breathing into the shoulders, this creates a very low level stress response. So if you've ever seen a person having like a panic attack, it's very much, <gasps> it's all up here. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you see like a baby asleep breathing, you'll see that they're inflating their belly. They're really very much in, in, in their bellies, you know? So if you want to learn good breathing technique, then then talk to a little one. Because, you know, you see this huge, big expansion of the belly button and this relaxation and breathing into the belly button helps to relax the system. But also, if you go from 25,000 times a day breathing up here, which will create this, to 25,000 times a day using your core to breathe, now you've got a very low level stimulation of the core muscles all day. The core muscles, support the back so it will guard against back pain they will also support the hip the knees the pelvis the shoulder so with this low level of activation just changing the breathing technique alone can potentially massively influence our pain also if we're in a uh, stress response the pain receptors of the body are upregulated, so our perception and feeling of pain is heightened mm. So, you know, if, if, if someone to go kind of back to your earlier question of someone who's in like really debilitating pain, you know, maybe can't get out of bed just through the agonizing things happening in, in their back, then, you know, the first thing is breathing technique. Yeah, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because people who are in that debilitating pain, it gets worse and worse because they're, they're so tense from it that it just kind of escalates. I think there's there's a couple of questions I want to address. Um, correct me if I'm wrong before I address those, but there's there there are the, there is that pain from those um, like autoimmunes and uh, diseases, arthritis, that kind of thing, which comes from the organs. Yeah, a lot of the time, or what's going on in the body, and at the uh, at the other side, we've got the um, biomechanical I remembered it this time biomechanical um issues but could still be affected through the organ I think a lot of people who have the autoimmune pains um again traditionally I know this through a family member traditionally they go to the hospital to deal with the pain and they give them steroids and they give them high doses of steroids and then they have to slowly reduce the amount of steroid but that steroid also inflames the body doesn't it mm. Can and create it can do and creates more issues long term. Um, I, I want to. There's a couple of questions actually. If if people want to, people are suffering with pain. If you want to um, just put in chat what type of pain um, we could try and address that too. So Diane has a good question. In your experience, can all pain be cured by this approach? Sounds a bit too good to be true. Is there a success rate? I ask as, a, as I suffer chronic pain. Yeah, um, fibromyalgia, menopause, tendonitis, bulging disc pain. Bless you. It's a lot there. I could go on and tried lots of the nutrition and lifestyle changes, little or no success. So what's your answer to Diane? There's a lot yeah. Thank, thank you for the question, Diane. So, um, so identifying the root causation, first off, is key to inform a treatment plan. So um, often we find that um, maybe the, the the causation of something hasn't been addressed correctly. So then it's like looking at exactly what is causing the problem, because with the with the wrong approach, you're just sometimes going to be like masking what's happening uh, rather than addressing it. So you know, you say with the steroids, um, okay, we we've got a, an autoimmune challenge within the body, but 
I'm interested in what's causing that, what's driving that. And the thing is, is that there's so many things that we need to now be conscious of and aware of in our in our modern worlds. You know, we unfortunately live in a in a world that's highly toxic. Um, there's toxicity left, right, and center. You know, it's in our foods, it's in the air, it's in the water that we drink, um, it's in some of the things that we watch on TV. Um, you know, so it, we we're literally living in a world that is bombards us with with lots of things that we shouldn't be exposed to within the body. So um, then it, it's it's looking at okay, what is happening within the the lifestyle factors? So there are six foundation principles by which uh, by which I look at. So okay, I just want to kind of illustrate this with a with a fact, and that is that ninety five percent of diseases, disease in the body is caused by lifestyle factors and not getting these lifestyle factors in, in the best shape. So by lifestyle factors, I'm talking about like the, the way that we're living, which I'll, I'll delve into in, 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 in sex. So, so that's basically saying 95% of all diseases are caused by something we're doing or not doing correctly within our lifestyle that which leaves 5% which are kind of hereditary g- genetic challenges that are passed down. Do you have a success rate is there for the check method? Is there a, is there a success rate? Yes, it's very 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 high. Yeah, you can check uh, so the, okay, a great place to start is actually Paul Check's book. Uh I actually got it here. Never too far from hand. Um checks one of your mentors, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Paul Chuck is is his institute, the Czech Institute that uh, that I train at. So this book is called How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, and this is like the health bible. With this method, just take a look through this and read some of the testimonials and some of the results. You can also go online and check out Czech practitioners and see um, some of the fantastic results people get. I mean, my website's got a ream of really good testimonials on it. So it, it works. And also within this book is contained. So God bless me so much knowledge. If, if everyone in the world read this book and actioned what was in this book, then the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry would likely make them. <laughs> much less profitable than it is i i think um i think actually on that note i remember listening to one on your podcast about this where you you mentioned a lady who had an autoimmune um and who you interviewed right what was her name i forgot her name uh, what, what, what was what was the podcast? Sorry, it will come to me. So somebody um, who had an autoimmune and and found a different. Oh, Judith Pearson. Oh yeah, Judith. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe Diane can check her out as well, right? As definitely check out Judith. So yeah, my uh, if you go on my, um, my so I'm gonna I'm gonna write your um, email of your email. Sorry, your website here. Phoenix Coaching, yes, yes, okay. and the the podcast is called the Phoenix Vision Podcast. Okay, but this is phoenixcoaching.com.co.uk. Co.uk, yeah. Okay. So this is um, Jess's website. He's got lots of information on there, but he also, if you click from there, you can see his podcast as well. Um, but there's a lady called Judith Pearson that you mentioned that you had interviewed um, who had autoimmunes and had fixed herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She did a fantastic job, um, like really like, wow, her, her story is extremely uh, empowering and uh, a very important story to, to to share. I was really happy to have her on the podcast because she very much came from a very difficult place. So she, she had lots of different challenges, uh, autoimmune di- um, issues, fibromyalgia, um, uh, adrenal fatigue, adrenal burnout. Um, there, there was like a, a list, of, a very long list of challenges that she was going through and she wasn't getting the help that she needed. And this basically sent her on a path of self-education. And it was a long road, you know. The, the thing is, is that... Um, n- Sometimes is, sometimes isn't. But when we're looking at autoimmune, you know, it can take 
a while to heal. You know, I'm, I'm looking at sometimes we can get um, fairly quick results within the space of like three months or so. But really, for true healing, you're looking at a year plus for mm-hmm. like a deep immune challenge, you know, because like tr- true healing takes time. And the <laughs> thing is, is that we are unfortunately in this kind of like quick fix magic bullet kind of society whereby, you know, people are trying to sell the the the, the magic pill or, or the or the quick fix. And, and it's just like true healing, true healing. It doesn't doesn't exist. Yeah. And that, that can be challenging sometimes for people to hear because you know it, it does it does require you to have to change certain things change behaviors look at how you're living within life and seeing whether whether your thoughts and, and actions are conducive to to those that create health so you know we we know can we, that, can we come back to that because i want to talk about also what you said about the um, japanese word for crisis I'm, we'll come back to that because I just want to answer another couple of questions here. Um, can your gut be affected by general anaesthetic? And would you advocate pre and probiotic afterwards if you have musculoskeletal pain? That's a great question. Uh, yes, the, the answer is absolutely yes. Um, and general anaesthesia can also potentially open the door for uh, fung- fungal and parasite infections which that's like a massive area which isn't um, greatly acknowledged, um, the, the 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 presence of fungal and, and parasite infections. And um, so pre and probiotics, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it's a good idea just to have pre and probiotics in your diet, just generally speaking. Um, and, you know, again, you, you've got to consider that we live in this world whereby we're not exposed to the things that we would have been exposed to um, when we are like hunter gatherers, which is some of the he- some of the healthiest people on the planet are the indigenous tribes. So we we would have had a completely robust microbiome just through sourcing the foods that we would have sourced in the wild. Now we don't have that. We live in quite sterilized environments and um and uh, yeah, it's it's good to be clean. Uh, but at the same time, this has an effect on our microbiome. So numerous studies of like kids who uh they they found that the the kids who have grown up in sterile environments versus the kids who are allowed to play in the mud the the mud kids their microbiome was way more robust later in life and then the the, the kids who are kept in sterile environments um were on average having more challenges with, with within their gut health so pre and probiotics i would say are really essential for for everyone so um and one thing I want to share on probiotics, just a quick tip, is that we should actually be eating probiotics after having food because the food creates um, the substance for the probiotics to eat. So by probiotics, I mean my, my favorites are like sauerkraut, um, kefir, uh, kombucha, and you can get specific supplements as well. So you, you want to eat a good meal of, of, of good quality food and then have the probiotics either with the meal or after the meal because the meal provides the food for the probiotics. So then the probiotics eat eat the food and then multiply good bacteria. That's a really good tip, Jess. I know a lot about nutrition. I didn't know that one. That's very good. Um, I'm going, Rosie, so I hope that was helpful to you, Rosie. Um, Taja, I'm going to come back to your question because that's a big, that's a big part of our conversation here which we're going to address soon um and um any uh Mar- Mar- margaret i guess any experience success with nerve pain from crps chronic regional pain syndrome mm-hmm. sorry so what, what was the question she's again? asking if you've had any experience or success with this this um type of pain from crps chronic regional pain syndrome do you know what that is no i've not heard of this before what um could um could you provide more clarity on the um well we won't get into it too much now i think um because um, we'll you know we'll get too specific too specific things and we've got lots to talk about but margaret maybe she, she can email you maybe jess and yeah uh, that's that's fine. I mean, just, just just quickly on that. Like, usually when there's the word syndrome after a condition, it usually means that it's not been diagnosed um, as effectively as it could be. So, syndrome is another word for. I don't really know what's happening. Don't really know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, 
Margaret, if you if you just email me uh, wellbeing at wellbeingescapes.com, I will uh, send you Jess's email and then you can contact him. Sheena, I know, had polymyalgia and she did a lot of work and changed her lifestyle, lost 10 kilo and really got better, uh, but still has musculoskeletal pain to manage. So anyway, these are just all lovely um, if I could just um, quick, quick, quickly yeah. dive in, actually, um, just to kind of complete a question from earlier. Um, so a lot of the time, it's a matter of balance. Disease and health challenges occur in the body because in some area, the body is out of balance with itself. So there's something within the nervous system. Maybe it's too much in the fight or flight. And this over time will create a, a problem. If the muscles aren't balanced, you'll get a pain problem. So very much it's all a case of um, identifying where in the lifestyle that you're leading, what areas may be out of balance, and then bringing them back into balance, harmonizing the body and mind together through the balance created by working on your health, by working on your hydration, your nutrition, sleep, movement, thinking, and breathing technique. These are like the six key components of health. Well, okay, that's um, a, a, a very good all-round approach. There's lots of comments here um, and lots of pe- people saying, you know, like Sarah's saying she has uh, shoulders but also has digestive issues. So it's all kind of <laughs> making making a lot of sense here. Um, I want to talk about now the root causes of a pain apart from the physical where we talk about the organs and the digestive system i want to talk about the um the question Tarja asked about emotions and traumas and how that can result in well illness but also physical pain can we talk a little bit about that yeah absolutely absolutely this is like a very key component of things because um again it's like asking okay so if the shoulder pain is linked to the digestive system, it's asking what's causing the digestive system to be in a, a difficult space. Often this leads back to the mind and emotions. So it's quite a wide topic. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna best illustrate it in two in two different ways. So first I'm gonna talk about the physical, then I'm gonna talk more about the organs, because that's kind of the trend we've been on. So now often as as we go through life, we um through the different emotional traumas that we experience and also the different emotional temperaments that we adopt, this creates different emotional holding patterns within the body. So for instance, if if I talk about the pelvis, um, normal pelvis angle is like that. Often someone can have a pelvis tilted forward like this. Now, a person with a tilted tilted forward pelvis, this is often synonymous with someone who is um, uh, experiencing a lot of anger within their lives because the pelvis tilts forward as a to make the person bigger and more intimidating and in this kind of fight fight kind of way then if the and this will cause back pain because it will compress the spine at the back because when the pelvis tilts forward it will compress up here because there's less space conversely if the person is um okay if the pelvis is tilted back this is like a protective posture making yourself smaller so if I'm seeing this in an assessment, the first thing I'm thinking of is like, okay, has this person gone through a really difficult time in life? Has there been some form of abuse or something to kind of create this protective holding posture? Um, so uh, again, with the pelvis tilted back, this will lengthen the tissues of the back, which will weaken it. So it will also bring back pain, but for the opposite reason, as the pelvis being tilted forward. So we have these emotional holding patterns all throughout the body. You know, this can be synonymous with uh, lack of confidence. Um, forward head, this is often related to a, 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 an inability to express oneself. So I see this a lot. Um, I actually used to have this holding posture myself. And um, uh, I actually did a podcast called The Expression of Good Vibration on my podcast, talking all about my journey with expression. And I used to be like this and not be able to speak to anyone. Started playing guitar and getting into music and expressing myself in meditations. And then my posture is now open and my head is back in this 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 area. And as you can hear, I can express myself a lot more effectively than I used to. 
so mm, so also as so then moving on to the organs so the adrenal glands are located on top of the kidneys so if you pop your hands on on your lower back either side of the spine this is around the area of the kidneys as well as a number of key muscles that support the lower back so if we're under a lot of emotional stress um which can come from many places it, it, it could be the um difficulties at work difficulties within relationships challenges with finances um you know a whole host of things can cause us to be under a lot of emotional load with stress what happens is the adrenal glands which are located here start to overfire now when the adrenal glands are overfiring chronically this can cause changes in those back muscles so sometimes it switches them off sometimes it makes them tense and all of these things can cause back pain so again you can do all the stretching and exercise that you want which is positive but unless the root cause of the stressor isn't um resolved then the back pain is still going to be present so then to continue the story further when the adrenal glands are firing continually due to stress let's say in whatever form it takes because many things can cause stress um this will have a direct impact on all of the organs because you know one, one thing that happens when we're in uh, chronic stress is that the blood is sent to the arms and legs primarily because this prepares the body to fight the attacker or run away fight or flight so if if which which is great you know if there's a lion chasing after us that's fantastic it's going to give us the ability to get away quickly but the thing is is that a lot of people have this effect happening in the system all of the time so when the blood's permanently lodged more towards the arms and legs it's not pooling in the organs so then the organs aren't getting the nutrients that they need to heal and this over time dilapidates the organs um causes them to become poorly and then what happens is is the symptoms the, the health problem is the symptom of the imbalance within the system so the body will then give you pain as um in, in in many ways okay pain pain is very much a teacher and pain can be a gift as well uh, i know that might be a strange concept to to think about but the body will give you pain as an attempt to put the brakes on whatever's happening and give you awareness that something isn't right and something needs to be addressed in in the body so it, it it's it's the body's cry for help really and what what happens with pain is that you'll you'll get a little knock at the door starts like a little niggle in the knee or something like that and then you might not address that and then the knock will get louder oh my back hurts now or oh, i got this knee thing and my and, and my back hurts so if nothing's done with it then the knock gets a little bit louder and the body will keep giving these louder and louder knocks and the pain will continue to get more and more just like distressing and, and difficult until you take the decision to then uh, address that and you know i'm a real big fan of self-education you know self not like if, if knowledge is power then self-knowledge is self-empowerment so you know this is often like you know this is the first thing that uh, i really encourage people to do is to educate yourself if you're if you're in pain i mean like this fantastic resource um eat move and be healthy great way way to start or by working with someone who knows about this kind of thing or you know like there's so many great online resources but you know educating yourself but before that really comes the decision to change this is the first step because you know unfortunately a lot of people are in pain for years before they choose to do something about it and you know um, and before the decision to change is the belief that change is possible mm. and this is you know really uh, before establishing the dream this is actually what we're working with first is 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 helping someone believe that change is possible because change is always possible like my god like um like it, even with some of the worst health conditions change is possible and you know 
we need to be realistic and look at what's happening for the person because sometimes it's it's not full rehabilitation but improvements can always be made and with time and doing the right things for a long enough time healing can occur and it does occur like my god like I've seen some really cool things happen. Just give us a couple of your um, test, you know, your case studies. Just give us maybe one or two case studies that you've been working on. Yeah, sure. So first one that pops to mind because we're talking about the mental emotional is um, a a woman um, who um, has basically got um, really, really debilitating neck pain as well as um, monthly cycles that are, um, uh, yeah, like, like fairly difficult in some, in some areas. And um, this person is um, basically mm, the, the head is forward like this, and then this is causing neck pain. So this person is a, a, an artist and uh, an artist that's not painting uh, or not been able to paint for a while. And um, basically the, through locking down the expression and not being able to paint the head's going forward and this is creating a lot of stress on the neck as um so i've got her just doing um some really simple things and painting again as well as the manual therapy approach that i use and the pain is massively decreased like massively decreased um so sometimes it can be like a really really straightforward thing like this um i've got uh i've got guys who uh, I've, I've saved from having operations sometimes within a few sessions like a guy two years ago we did three separate he was looking at an elbow operation and within three sessions we got into a place where he didn't need the operation and the pain was completely gone and how did you do that uh that that was through the manual therapy that i practice so um okay but what was his issue with that with the with the tennis elbow yeah, so so the the elbow was the the where the pain was presenting uh, his whole, but the the problem was actually rooted down with his mid back, okay. um, which the the mid back wasn't stabilizing the shoulder, and then that wasn't stabilizing the elbow. So, so that was that was biomechanical. That was biomechanical, yeah, and a lot okay. of that was because the person um, hadn't moved or exercised um, correctly in in a long time. Okay. Um, there's a question here. What, what organ of the body corresponds to sciatica? Good, great question. Great question. Okay, so sciatica can be so many things. First off, um, so and it's it's not just necessarily the organ. So just because organs can create pain, not doesn't mean that they're always doing that. Sometimes it's just purely biomechanical. Um, so when we're looking at sciatica, I'd I'd be looking at the intestines and large intestines. Um, particularly large intestines because well both really because the the intestines when you have problems with that it will shut down the whole core um which will give less support to the back but but more specifically the uh large intestines because the large intestines very much govern the lower abdominals so this this area right right down here next to the pelvis now when we get changes in those lower abdominals this will affect the pelvic position and then the pelvic position, uh, dependent on what's causing the sciatica, can move things and then clamp down on the nerve causing sciatica. But then we need to ask, okay, what's causing the sciatica? Because there's so many things. So it can come from different areas of, of the spine and hip as well. So one causation is where the nerve comes out of the uh, foramen, um, the vert- vertebral hole. Uh, what can happen is a, a herniated disc can be pushing on the nerve or um, if the if the if the fluid has come out completely this will be absolutely causing the person a lot of pain so that's at the level of the top of the nerve then a little bit further down there's a ligament that crosses the spine to the hip if this ligament is extremely tight this can also clamp down on the nerve and cause a sciatica then you're looking down into the um into the hip itself there's a muscle called the piriformis muscle which um this crosses the sciatic nerve um and when this gets extremely tight, it clamps down on the nerve, which can also cause sciatic-like symptoms, but that's actually called piriformis syndrome rather than sciatica because sciatic symptoms, but sciatica is uh, classified by something that's happening with the nerve root further up the chain. That's a muscular issue, piriformis syndrome. So so then it's asking, okay, why is the piriformis clamping down on the nerve? So it's usually because something on top of it isn't as strong as we'd like it to be or stress. Because if there's 
a lot of tension in the whole body, the whole body is going to tighten. And then it might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. The, the body might tighten a little bit too much and then it will clamp down on the nerve and you'll get pain shooting down the leg. I like so many my clients and patients when they're stressed, the pain symptoms are worse. Women around the time of the monthly cycle, back pain is usually more sciatica is usually more so you know again it, and then it comes back to lifestyle you know how can we relax how can we de-stress how can we make the right food choices and pick foods that aren't pl- placing more stress on the body so wow. it's, uh, it, yeah. i can't believe our hour is up because wow <laughs> so, can you believe that our hour is up but you have covered so much it is incredible <laughs> i've learned so much today as well um, if anyone would like to see you, they can contact you on your website. Rosie did ask, sorry, you, you mentioned that has the podcast got a different name because I found it on your website, but is there anywhere else we can see the podcast? Yeah. So, so the podcast is available on, on all of the different podcast channels. It's okay. called, um, rather than called Phoenix coaching, it's called Phoenix vision podcast. Um, uh, it's it really funny when when we were talking uh, the other day, Stella, um, in the lead up to this, uh, you, you were telling me exactly uh, like the driving focus of your podcast is very much to help people through bringing like empowering information to them and, uh, and you know, share different perspectives. And remember, I said like, oh, my podcast is like exactly the same um, uh, driving focus. It's all about, um, yeah, sharing different perspectives, giving people access to lots of different practitioners and, and ways of thinking and modalities that they might not usually have exposure to. Because I'm I'm a very lucky guy. I'm I'm in the middle of so many talented people. Like um, like yeah, there's everyone on that podcast you can think of, like functional neurologists to health practitioners to astrologers to like you name it like i have to listen to i'm not astrology i'm listening to the astrology one um i honestly i i just want to close it on this um note because you're very much about empowerment and i think the message from this this session this event has been you know if we take responsibility can you just tell us about the chinese word for crisis before we stop because that was um interesting because that will encompass everything i'm about to say yeah yeah so uh in in the chinese language the word crisis actually has a dual meaning it means danger as well as opportunity so you know what where is the opportunity within this pain and usually in fact every time there's an opportunity for 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 growth and there's an opportunity for learning and it's through that growth and learning that's ultimately how we get out of pain because pain only leaves the body once it's done teaching you. So it's, it's it's asking yourself the powerful question of, okay, what has this pain come here to teach me? What is there to learn? How can this pain help me grow? Because that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a tool for growth. And if, if we can see pain as a constructive means by which we can use to, to grow ourselves, this helps us come out of that place of victimhood with it and, and turn it into something. It turns it into fuel. You know, and and uh, this is what I seek to do with 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 my clients and patients is because we can transform pain into empowerment. It starts with that 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 choice to 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 self educate to 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 make that change. But you know, healing is possible as well, and that's that's what I really want to like tell people because the, if we believe healing isn't possible, we're not going to do the things that we need to do to heal, and that belief is a self becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy so believing that you can heal is like so paramount and and you can and and you know there's there's so many success stories of so many people who have come back from like god awful conditions and pain challenges and just you wouldn't ah you name it god bless me who have rehabilitated themselves they got themselves back to a better place so it is possible really is but yeah like i said knowledge if knowledge is power then then self-knowledge is self-empowerment taking the moves to educate yourself and, and find out about your condition and, and and what you can do about it you know don't pass that all over to the doctors find out yourself and um and help yourself i just say it anyway so, um, thank you so much jess so interesting and your passion for the subject your knowledge you have so much knowledge 
I mean, I can see where your mechanical engineering came into this because you were like talking about it all, you know, how the body works. And um, I can I can see that parallel there. But it, it, this has been such an empowering session. And thank you for your time and your, your knowledge and your expertise. And like I say, if anyone wants to um, contact Jess, you find him on his website, you can send me an email, pass it on, whatever. Um, and uh, it's uh, keep doing what you're doing because it is fantastic work. And when I hear people like you, it just gives me so much hope for the future. It really does. But, you know, you're spreading that word of, like you say, self-knowledge and self-empowerment. Yes, we all need a Jess in our life. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's a really nice nice uh way to end the session jane thank you, <laughs> thank uh, you please write a little review on um, jess's page on our website on the well-being at home website you can click from the newsletter there or when we upload it onto youtube just write a little um, just give them a little like and write something there and, and i'll and i'll on the on the youtube i'll link to your website there as well, Jester. Thank you so much. Amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for this platform. It's been a real joy to come on and, and share with you guys. And I hope the this information is has, has helped uh you guys, the listeners, in, in any way, you know. Um yeah, I'm I'm feeling really uh pumped for what I do. I, I got I got tingles all up and down. Oh, bless you, bless thank you. you for this beautiful platform and thank you for all the work you're doing and uh you know because you, you're doing a really good thing Stella in, in terms of you know the messages that you're putting out there and and the people that you're touching and the uh through through your impetus to do good in the world so thank you for doing what you do as well oh, bless you. all right my love have a great um weekend everybody week ahead and uh we'll be in touch uh for the next session and uh yeah Take care. Stay happy and healthy, as we say. Take care. Bye, everyone.